Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us at Commitment Matters. Well, a recent headline set several of you on edge, and you reached out asking us to get to the bottom of it all, and so we did. Today's guest is Leslie Alessandra, co-founder of DeFi Unlimited, which is a blockchain company. Leslie is also the very individual you read about recently who sold a home on the blockchain as an NFT, the first transaction of its type in the US. Needless to say, when we read that, we all had questions and Leslie graciously agreed to answer them for all of us. If you've been worried about what blockchain technology means practically for our industry, I think you might be pleasantly surprised to hear Leslie's view of the title and settlement agent's role coming up in the future of blockchain. Leslie is an active investor in both physical real estate and cryptocurrency, and she's a compassionate humanitarian. In this episode, she walks us through the basics of blockchain and NFTs, how she got the idea to sell real property using them, how the transaction was really structured so that the person who bought this time around would be able to convey clear title when it's their time to sell, the role that the traditional title process played in the transaction, and what Leslie sees for the future of these types of deals. Some of you have joked that maybe this technology will come along really quickly and hasten our retirement plans. Well, you were kind of half joking, to be fair. Some of you said it rather longingly, actually. But don't make a permanent date with your lazy boy recliner just yet. As Leslie tells us, we still have plenty of title and settlement work that will still need to be done. So as you listen, see if you can imagine how the world of our work might evolve along the lines that Leslie envisions. And please enjoy my conversation with the thoughtful and trailblazing Leslie Alessandra. Leslie, welcome to Commitment Matters. We're thrilled to have you here today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, you took the industry by storm, whether you intended to or not, a few weeks ago. Everyone, I think, saw the industry press that you had decided to sell your home. And, and I'm just going to quote the headline here, and you can tell us what was right and what was wrong. So I think you might want to clarify a little bit that you were going to sell your home as an NFT on the blockchain. And I think a lot of people said, well, it's a house. How can it be an NFT? Is it an NFT or is it a structure? So how did you get involved in this? So... I have been a real estate investor for many years now. I left my government position several years back. I had a career in the government and then decided that I wanted to kind of do a real-life balance. Uh, I wanted more freedom of time, freedom of finances, and I found that through real estate investing. And about two years into investing in real estate, I also tripped and fell into the crypto rabbit hole. And I am obsessed with learning. So I was very intrigued by what crypto and blockchain technology had to offer. I was super skeptical at the very beginning and just continued to educate myself. Meanwhile, I'm continuing to purchase long-term rentals and do fix and flip properties because that is literally my bread and butter of what I, you know, I do on a daily basis. As I started to understand and get more familiar with the power of blockchain technology specifically, my cousin and I decided that we would open up a crypto blockchain startup company. And the objective was nothing overly complicated. It wasn't to do anything too crazy, but more than more than anything was just to help small businesses 
get onto the blockchain in a, a simple way? Because I think many people get overwhelmed by the word cryptocurrency or the word blockchain, and they don't necessarily understand kind of where, what this means, how is this beneficial to me? So we wanted to open up a small company and started kind of getting into the game and starting to help companies be able to accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment. So that's kind of where we started and that's where we opened up our company DeFi Unlimited. Then a few months into working through with different clients, we realized that the barrier of entry was very high for companies because they just didn't understand and they couldn't wrap their heads around how blockchain technology could really benefit real world businesses. So we kind of decided to merge the two worlds, my real estate world and the crypto world together because we thought real estate is something that most people have some experience in. They either buy or sell a property at some point in their lifetime. So it seems like the most appropriate example or use case for people to kind of recognize what blockchain technology could do. And so we started to look at putting NFTs, selling a property with the ownership rights as an NFT. And we partnered up with a company named Proppy. Proppy had the auction platform that was able to actually sell this property for it. We were developing something very similar, but we decided, you know, they've already got it set up. So let's just move forward and partner with them. And I had the particular property that I sold was a fix and flip property that I had renovated and was looking to sell. It was ready to be put on the market. And we decided to pretty much mint the ownership documents as an NFT so that the NFT once transferred from our wallet to the new owners would carry with it the ownership rights to the property. Okay, and I want to spend a lot of time in the specifics of that, but I'm sure we have some listeners who can spell blockchain and could spell NFT, but aren't that comfortable yet talking about it. So if you could kind of give us the 101, the entry paragraph about what blockchain is, and also you mentioned that when you were first kind of coming alongside of it, you had some reservations. So if you talk a little bit too about what those were for you initially and how those got resolved in your mind as you got more embedded into it and more comfortable with it. So blockchain is a transparent ledger that records transactions, but is not controlled by any person, company, or country which is where the power really comes from. So it helps prevent fraud. It helps prevent corruption. Everyone has access to see it. Now, don't get that mixed up with real estate in the sense that if you own something, that means everyone's going to know you own it. There are parameters that help cryptographic technology that will help to ensure that you're, if you want to be anonymous in the ownership of that property, you will be. But the transaction into that wallet will be transparent. And you can have several different stakeholder participants contributing their work product up to that ledger on the blockchain. Is that true? It's not just a one person to one person situation. You've got multiple providers bringing their element of the transaction into the blockchain. Is that fair? Yes. If you can think of this, I mean, you can really relate it. I relate it to the internet, but it's just kind of 
the next level of the internet. You know, the internet for the most part is controlled by different companies depending on the websites and those sorts of things. But the blockchain is not controlled by anyone, but anyone could have access to it and could actually build upon that blockchain. So you would be able to, you could have multiple people and you do have multiple tens of thousands of people constantly participating and adding to that ledger on a regular basis. And there are different types of blockchain. So, you know, Ethereum is one blockchain and Bitcoin is another blockchain. So there are multiple blockchains out there where transactions can be reported. And then how does the blockchain work to make sure the people contributing, say, to real estate transaction A have the rights and authority and responsibility to contribute their items? How do you monitor against getting fraudulent things added to it, for example. So now we're going into how this particular transaction occurred. What we used is the vehicle of a non-fungible token. So many people have heard about meme tokens and they're used sort of kind of as cryptocurrency or, you know, they hold an amount of value. So to say, for example, Solana. So one Solana equals the same as another one Solana. It's just like dollars. You know, if, if I were to have a dollar and you were to have a dollar, we were to exchange dollars, they're still worth a dollar. Now, non-fungible tokens are different. The value is very specific to that particular token. It's a great way of determining provenance. So with the non-fungible token, that it comes with code. It comes with computer code. So that can never be changed. That is the signature computer code for that particular token. And if we give that token value by connecting it to the ownership of a property, that's how you get the transfer. We're in between two worlds. We're in between the past, the way we traditionally buy and sell real estate, and the future. And what my transaction did was simply provide a bridge. This is not the way that that I believe real estate transactions will happen in the future in the exact way that I did it. But I had to build a bridge to kind of work within the parameters that we had. You know, title companies currently are not able to transfer title via the blockchain. I believe this is going to happen, but it's not capable right now. And so The way I did the transaction was through the use of ownership interest transfers. So the sale of the property came through the sale of the LLC, which held the property. That's the reason we didn't actually have to transfer title. So if you would have transferred title, would you have done like a hybrid where you did the NFT portions of things and then just also kind of backed it up with a physical deed that would have been recorded at the Register of Deeds office or walk us through kind of those different postures a little bit. So we're currently in the process of selling two other properties as NFTs and these will be sold using that traditional method. So you could transfer title using the NFT but it would be a duplicate system. And it really wouldn't have a ton of value because the ownership at the end of the day still is determined by what's recorded in the government records. Mm -hmm. The way we were able to get around that is by using an operating agreement that was the operating agreement associated with the LLC that owned the property. In that operating agreement, the operating agreement identified the NFT 
wallet and the NFT address and connected ownership rights of the property. So all ownership interests of the property to that NFT. And that is how we empowered the NFT to be actually have control of the ownership of the property. If you were to simply, let's say, take a picture of the title of the property and you were to transfer that from one wallet to another, it really doesn't mean anything. It's just a duplicate copy. And most, I think there'd be a bit of criticism if you were to do that because it's it doesn't actually determine provenance like it like an NFT is built to do. Well, and the reason I kind of want to distill that down a little bit is for, I don't know, four or five years now, probably the title and settlement industry has had kind of an uneasy relationship with blockchain because when it was first introduced as a concept, it was presented to them. This is going to knock you guys out. You're not going to be needed anymore. This is how it's all going to be happening. And I think we collectively kind of stood back and scratched our heads and said, we don't see that certainly in any near or medium term, but it sounds to me like you are saying title and settlement will continue to play a role. It's just where they do their work and where they get the actual transfer to happen might change. But you don't see a day that we don't need title and settlement people doing that work, or do you? No, I think the industry itself is going to evolve a little because the power of blockchain is being able to see that transparent transfer. So you would be able to, so it does allow people to be able to kind of see that clear title in its, let's just put it this way. Once the kinks are worked out, I think there is that possibility to be able to determine that you have clear title moving from one wallet to another on associated to a property. But there is so much that needs to happen before that happens. And there's going to be an absolute need for quote unquote title insurance. Maybe it's more called NFT insurance. You know, it's someone that's gone in and confirmed and provided the seller or the buyer with that level of comfort and assurance that the NFT that they're receiving is, in fact, controlling ownership of the property or whatever. So I think it's going to be more efficient for sure. I think settlement and title transfers are going to be much more efficient. I think it'll actually benefit title companies. I think they'll be able to property closings are going to be so much quicker and can happen much quicker. After this first transfer is completed, and now you have a new owner who owns the property, since we're kind of in this intermediate world, what would they do then to sell? So they hold their bundle of rights via NFT and say they want to put this house on the market to sell it to Joe and Jan Smith, and they're going to get a loan. So that process would be, again, hybrid, or would it revert to more traditional? What's the thought there? So again, while we're working in this intermediary world, the way we wrote it up is that the operating agreement that connects the NFT to the ownership interest of the LLC, which then owns the property, clearly outlined in there is the requirement that any future sale of ownership interest would be done through the NFT. And if for whatever, there is an opening there. So if for whatever reason, the owners chose not to sell it as an NFT, that they would be required to communicate back so that we could ultimately destroy the NFT. 
So we'd burn the NFT so that there's not this NFT that's hanging over connect- there. Oh, hanging yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you said after this first transaction, you immediately spotted a few things that, you know, the dials need tweaked a little bit. So what were some of your impressions after that first deal? And what do you hope to smooth out or make different for the next two that you have listed now? So there were a couple things. This particular sale was done and conducted through an auction format. And it's a little more cumbersome to buy and sell property through an auction format. As, and this is just as traditional as it is, that is <laughs> you know, true. on the blockchain, because how do you prove that the state of the property, how do you ensure that there aren't any liens on the property? In this case, there were a variety of delays because we were leaning on property for a big chunk of this process and property had sold property in Ukraine. That was the first one that was sold as an NFT. However, they had never sold anything in the United States. So Mm -hmm. there was delays in terms of them finding a real estate attorney, a local real estate attorney in the Florida area, understanding Florida law. I had hired my own Florida real estate attorney who I've worked with very, very closely for many of my deals. So I made sure that she was representing me along the entire process because, you know, Proppy was definitely having the mindset of a tech company, whereas I was having that mindset of a real estate investor and wanted to make sure that every single element of this real estate transaction was being conducted according to the law. That was definitely one of the elements that caused a lot of delay and working through the legal elements of what needed to be included in the operating agreement and what didn't need to be included. It was also important that I paid my doc stamp taxes after the sale of the property because we did not know the final price. Right, because it was the auction. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Also, another part of that was because it's an auction, all of the people that were bidding on that property needed assurance that this property was in decent condition. So I was responsible for doing an inspection on the property and I ran title and we included that in the package that all potential bidders would be able to read through. Some of the bidders actually took those packages to a title company and said, would you be able to provide me title insurance based upon this breakdown? So that was good. We started to have some back and forth conversations related to that. The other element that you know I think would be smoothed out with some of the things that we're putting into place now is real estate agent fees. I purchased it through a real estate agent. And the way I operate my business is that if a realtor brings me a deal, I promise them the deal on the back end. Well, in this case, we purchased it in a traditional fashion, but we were selling it in a non-traditional fashion that really didn't require a real estate agent for the sale. However, I kept my word and I paid her 6% at the end of the sale. (laughs) (laughs) So I paid both buyer and seller commission to her. So, you know, those are things that will be worked out in a smart contract. What we foresee is a, you know, a, a title smart contract that would be able to distribute funds in the same way that, you know, a title company does. I mean, this would be a vehicle for title companies, ultimately. To still handle that oversight of that disbursement, because not every seller is going to be as good for the fees as you are, for example. Exactly. You have to make sure, you have to have assurance that that that'll be conducted properly. And certainly if the buyer is, in the example we talked about earlier, if the buyer is not a cash buyer and there's a lender involved, which I know we're talking years down the line now, but the lender is going to want that oversight of their money too, 
but there are a lot of people doing well in the crypto market right now. So I think there might be a few more of these cash auction purchases. Do you have your other ones listed yet? And are you seeing a lot of interest there or? They're not officially listed. We just posted, uh, I think we've posted our coming soon post on Instagram, okay. <laughs> which we'll be putting out uh, the addresses. So these properties will still be listed in MLS and we are partnering with New Wealth Collab which is one of DeFi Unlimited's clients. We have assisted New Wealth in establishing an NFT membership platform. So they are a real estate investor collab so that people that are interested in becoming real estate investors or current real estate investors who want to maximize their education, they can purchase an NFT that provides them membership into the collab. They get access to the space. They can connect with other real estate investors so in partnership with New Wealth, we will be selling two properties via NFT. I think it's fair to say you had a lot of interest in this first one, right? Was it mostly the novelty of it? Was it, oh, finally somebody's doing this the way I want to do it? What was kind of the reaction and the interaction that you had? So I can only speak to the contacts that we've received, you know, the people that actually reached out to DeFi. The one big learning lesson for us was that Having partnered with Poppy on that particular deal didn't give us as much insight as to like the nitty gritty what's going on and what's not working. So my contact with Poppy was through the CEO, Natalia, and I was told that 7,000 people signed up to participate in this auction, which seems incredible. It seems Uh, like a lot. Yeah, it does. And so we're very excited. It sounds like a lot of interest. And we were certainly receiving interest through our DeFi avenues, through emails and social media. And then I was told that of the 7,000, 30 people had actually connected their wallets. So they either went, took US dollars, converted it to cryptocurrency into a crypto wallet, and via that connected to the auction platform to participate in the auction, or transferred their cryptocurrency that they already had into Ethereum or their Ethereum that they already had into the wallet they were going to use to bid on the property. So they actually had ultimately kind of like skin in the game, right? They confirmed that they had the minimum bid. Mm -hmm. However, at the end of the auction, there were some what appeared to be technical hiccups that I've never received a full understanding of. We had one bidder that put in a bid. And then when the auction closed, I received a phone call from Natalia indicating that the bidding was going to be extended by an hour because they had a second bidder. So what actually happened in the background of all that, I'm not really sure. I'm not familiar with. I'm assuming these were, you know, just some technical hiccups that happened. I would say that was one of the big learning points of that process for sure. And it's also why we didn't want to go through an auction sort of method this time around. So you can see what some of those differences are and maybe see which way works more smoothly. With a lot of these, what everybody thinks about customarily is the NFT, which right now is largely kind of, for lack of a better description, artwork. We see certainly some originals going for crazy, crazy fees, crazy high fees. And we see some that are like the prices all over the board, but... How did your sale price end up matching either what you expected for the market? Was it greater than, less than, about what you thought? So 
When I purchase the, a property in general, when I purchase an investment property, I always run my numbers, right? That's kind of the drilled into you <laughs> as an investor is to run your numbers, especially if it's a fix and flip. What do you think it's going to cost to hold the property? What do you think it's going to cost to renovate it? And at what price do you think you can sell this property? So when I ran my numbers, I had always run them with the objective of selling it at about 650000 When my cousin and I decided we were going to move forward with selling this property as an NFT to provide kind of a real-world example of the power of blockchain, and when Proppy had recommended we did it via auction, I wanted to ensure that I would still make the profit that I expected. I wanted to make sure my numbers were going to be right. I have a team that I support. I needed to make sure that they would be well compensated for. And so that is how I determined the 650 initial bidding price. That being said, prior to the auction, we had a traditional contract for over $775,000. So I actually turned that contract down because I thought this was an opportunity to highlight the benefits of blockchain and to kind of be part of this innovation. Yeah, you have to get that proof of concept done. And are you the first one in the U.S. that you're aware of? Yes, the first in the U.S. and the second in the world. Wow, that's pretty cool. Well, when Thailand settlement, when we think about bundles of rights, and you're right, we think about insurance, and we ultimately think about that recording of record, of public records through the register of deeds or whatever it's called locally. And I, I know the challenge there is kind of ultimately, arguably, something needs to end up there. And we've got over 3,000, I think it's, I used to know, 3,140 some counties in the United States too. So do you see them eventually each having their own blockchain or a state having their own blockchain? Or do you see them participating in multiple private blockchains or taking that piece of the puzzle out entirely? Help people frame up how to think about that with the public record register of deeds that we currently understand today. Well, I think ideally it would be great if all of the local governments would operate in the same manner, but I don't know how realistic that is. And you probably would know better or your listeners would because I've never worked for a title company or the title industry, but I have worked for the government and I know that it can be cumbersome to change. (laughs) So if you have several different little mini governments that are all controlling a certain way of a certain system, I know that that may be more difficult. I foresee that we would have a centralized, a variety of centralized systems that operate on the decentralized platform. That's what I foresee will will be where we end up or potentially maybe, you know, the kind of the next step that we'd be working towards. If we could have a global system for determining ownership of you know, (laughs) land ownership, that would be wonderful. But whether it's realistic or not in our lifetime anyway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it sounds like, I mean, obviously, you've had a good first success. Sounds like you have a couple of more proof of concept cases in the works. We can't wait to hear how those go. And, you know, I think I'm going to ask probably on behalf of the listeners, can almost hear them asking themselves. It sounds like you neither think this is the panacea for tomorrow, or nor do you think it's obviously something to be ignored. It sounds like you think there's going to be a lane of 
sellers desirous to sell this way, matching up with buyers who desire to buy this way, and that we will see a percentage of transactions, I'm guessing an increasing percentage of transactions over time, but that it's also going to be a little bit of a separate lane that is maturing alongside how things normally run today and at some point those are going to converge and cross over but i don't think you're forecasting that's going to be by q4 of 2022. agreed a hundred percent that was a beautiful way of explaining it i also believe that there's going to be new industries that are developed as that merge happens i think there'll be nft insurance i think there'll be different companies that are developed that we don't even know and cannot even foresee right now as the need develops Awesome. Well, we are so appreciative of you coming on and giving us the breakdown. We hope you come back after you have the other two done so we can hear about how things have evolved some more. Sounds like you're just really on the front end of this and we appreciate hearing how you've enjoyed it so far. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie, for helping us all understand beyond the headlines, the nuts and bolts of this new type of transaction. We can't wait to see how your next transactions go, and you're always welcome back here to share updates with us along the way. If you'd like to reach Leslie, you know where to find her contact information in the show notes, where Kat always links up helpful information for you. We try to make each episode's show notes a treasure trove of additional information for you should you want to know more about the topics we cover. Until next time, remember, some trains that you hear are currently leaving the station are really just getting warmed up and pointed down the track. It wouldn't be correct to assume there isn't a seat for you on it. Often there is, if you want one. Also, remember that change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past and present are certain to miss the future. JFK said that, and it's certainly worth reminding ourselves of that notion. And finally, find ways to evolve the ways you work spotting opportunities to make the new world that is forming better. Because that brave new world needs the contributions of what you do. Because what you do really matters.